0: Speaking of Mary and Joseph and, the, and their baby Jesus, it's good to look out there and see you. I'm glad that first service and second service are getting along with each other. Uh, I didn't hear any fights over pews or anything like that, so that is good. I love church. I love coming together on Sunday mornings. I love watching people greeting one another, people that have loved each other and have worshiped together for years and years, others coming in who perhaps are new to this family and are getting to know names, and and then we're getting to know your name and more about you, and all fitting together, as Paul says, and growing up into the very image and the body of Christ. I love to come together and gather around this table, and thank you, Michael, for leading us to that table today, and to remember the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus, and to remember once again that his body and his blood are still accessible to us and become a part of us as well. I love singing praises to God together and singing encouragement to each other. I really love coming and adding my prayers to your prayers. You know, so oftentimes we think of prayer as a rather private thing, and, and that is one facet of prayer. As, as Jesus said, we go into our closet and we pray to God, just us and God. But prayer is also something that we do together as brothers and sisters in Christ. And to have my prayers led along with yours is meaningful to me as well. I love to hear the Word of God as we read it together, as we hear it read. Uh, I just love all about church. But one of the things that I enjoy most about church does not happen every week. There are only a few weeks out of the year that this event occurs, but when it happens, it is marvelous. What I'm talking about is when one of our young couples... Bring their newborn babe to church for the first time. Don't you love that? I love watching everybody gathering around them. I love watching and listening to them as they say all these wonderful things about how beautiful the baby is. And they're right, the baby is beautiful, isn't it? And I hear them tell them, well, I think they've got your nose. Or I think, oh, you know, you've got all these things. And, and just rejoicing with that young couple as they bring that baby for the first time to the spiritual family, to people that will love that baby too and help that baby to grow and to be strong. Now, that brings me to thinking about Mary and Joseph in the text that we just read. As Mary and Joseph take their little one-month-old baby to church for the first time, Or rather, they take him to the temple for the first time. Now, they were on a mission. There were things that once you had a baby, you had to do under the law of Moses, and that's what they lived under. One thing was that the woman was supposed to complete a month-long rite of ritual, a purification, to enter back into society. And once she had done that, she went to the temple, offered a sacrifice, and that completed that month of purification. And also, since they had had a baby boy, and it was their first child, there was another thing they needed to do. They had to go and redeem that child. Because if you read in the Old Testament under the old law, the firstborn son in every family was to be consecrated or dedicated to the Lord. In other words, was to become a priest. However, God had provided that not all the firstborn sons had to become priests. He had given them the tribe of Levi, hadn't he? to take the place of those firstborn sons. But still, the parents had to commit themselves to the support of the priesthood, had to offer a sacrifice, and to buy their baby back from that duty. And they could take the baby home then and raise the child as their child. So all those things had to be done. So they had to go to the temple on his first month's birthday... To do these things, and I know they went there with sincere hearts because they wanted to keep the law of God. But people are people, you know. People back then are like we are now. And I just know that the real joy in taking that boy into that temple was hearing everyone ooh and ah. People gathering around and say, oh, what a precious little baby boy. People looking at him and saying, well, I think he's got your nose and your eyes. And kind of makes you think what Joseph might have thought. when They said, you know, I think he's got your eyes, Joseph. (laughs) I bet he smiled and said, thank you. Well, now, I know that happened. It happened then because it happens now. But some other things happen there that don't always happen when a newborn baby is brought to worship for the first time. A couple of people are mentioned in Scripture that came up to Mary and Joseph and the baby. One of them's name was Simeon. Now, Simeon was an elderly man. He's described as righteous and devout. He's described as being filled with the Holy Spirit. And also, God had made Simeon a special promise. And we don't really know much about how that promise was made, when that promise was made, but God had promised Simeon that he would not die until he had actually seen the Messiah. Ah, the Messiah, the Christ, the one that God had been promising for generations. He now, in some way, had communicated to Simeon, you're going to see that Messiah. He will be born in your lifetime. And therefore, Simeon got up that day, and it says he was led by the Spirit to go to the temple. And then he was led by the Spirit to this young couple, holding their little baby. And this elderly man walks up to Mary and Joseph, and he holds out his arms, and says, Can I hold that child? And he takes the little baby Jesus in his arms, cradles him there, and listen to what he says. Master, now you can let your servant go in peace. Because my eyes have truly seen your salvation, a salvation you have prepared in the presence of all your people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. Nobody said that about one of my kids. That's pretty heady stuff, isn't it? But, of course, Mary and Joseph already knew this was a special child. After all, think back to the time that Mary heard that she was going to have a baby and that this baby would be the Son of God. Think back to the time of Joseph whenever he found out that his, in, in his fiance was pregnant and expecting a child. And the angel came and in a dream told him it's going to be okay because this child truly is the Son of God. Think back to whenever the baby was born and suddenly there were shepherds coming in from the field saying that we have seen angels singing in the heavens, telling us that this child is special. However, Simeon also had a word for Joseph and Mary that was not quite as comforting. He blesses them and he says to Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. And then he looks at her and says, You do know that by having this baby, a sword will pierce your soul as well. This first day at church is quite eventful. There's another person there that rushes up to see the baby. Her name is Anna. Anna is 84 years old. She's long been a widow. It says that she was married probably at an early age, probably like most girls at that age as a teenager. But her husband had lived for only seven years after their marriage. And she had been a widow the rest of the time. Anna was a marvelous person. She, instead of remarrying and moving on, she had dedicated herself to the service of the Lord and had gone to the temple on a daily basis, praying for her people, praying for those who are around, fasting and giving glory to God. She, too, recognized that this was a special child. And the scripture says that she rushed up to them and began to praise God and speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. She began saying, this is the Messiah. This is the one you have been waiting for. Heady stuff. That first day that Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to church. But now what do you do? (laughs) What do you do after that? What do you do after all these marvelous events have happened? And you've brought the baby to the temple. And you've heard these wonderful things. Now what? Well, we read at the end of the text, didn't we? What did they do? They went home. They went home and got busy being a family. They took that baby back to their home. They had been away from home for well over a month now as they had traveled down to Bethlehem to pay their taxes. There the baby had been born. They obviously waited in Bethlehem for a while. But finally, they went back to Nazareth. They went home to be a family. Now, many of us in this room have done that. We can relate to that too. We usually take our babies home from hospitals, don't we? Uh, Can you parents remember how exciting and how scary that was? I remember thinking the first time, I don't know if I can do this or not. (laughs) Be a dad. You know, having a baby changes everything, doesn't it? Having a baby means... It's time to grow up. Yeah, I was reading the other day, I think it was just yesterday, reading some different quotes, and I can't remember who said it, but one person said, The American male does not mature until all other options have been exhausted. <laughs> well, you guys know that when you bring that baby home, it's time to be a man. It's time to be a grown-up. Someone is depending on you. You mothers know that better than we do. And isn't it at that time in our lives that we are at our best? Because we really understand what it means to love someone else more than we love ourselves. When we want to give that baby everything, and more than that, we want to be everything for that child. We want to make sure that child has wonderful parents, mature parents, parents that take care of him or her, parents that rear that child in the faith and in the love of God. All of us remember that, those of us who have had children. And so we can look at that time as a time of rededication, a time of finally growing up, But we don't have children every year. For some of us, those years are long past. They're just distant memories. But isn't it convenient that once a year, baby Jesus is born? Once a year, we all get together and talk about the fact that God became flesh Was born among us, Emmanuel. Once a year, we talk about what it was like for Jesus to be a child. So, therefore, once a year, we have an opportunity to grow up again. Once a year, at least, we have an opportunity to try to be the best people that we can be. Not as parents but his brothers and his sisters, not the ones who will actually physically feed him and rear him, but those who are going to go out from this place and show him to the world. Once a year, we are called upon to remember once again, we need to be at our best. Here at Johnson Street, We talk about loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. I want to invite you today and during these coming days to truly give thought to where in my life do I need to grow up? Where in my life do I need to be a good brother or sister to this baby, to Jesus to the Christ. Where in my life do I need to improve so that his family will be all that he wants it to be? Is it in my heart? Am I carrying grudges against some who have hurt me, or at least I think they have? Or maybe even going back for years, I've had these ill feelings toward others. And maybe today it's time to put those aside? Do I need to rekindle in my heart the love for the worship of God, to find the joy that God intends us to find when we come together, or even when we're sitting by ourselves and lifting up our hearts in praise? Do I need to recommit to growing in that? Or perhaps it's in my soul that I need to recommit To find that time to just sit and be with God alone on a regular basis so that he can get to know me and I can get to know him so that I can hear his voice and I can see his movements in the world because we have spent time together just me and him on a regular basis or maybe in my mind. I need to recommit. I really haven't done much reading of this book in days and months past. And this is the word of God that he gave to me to come to know him and to know what his will is for my life. And perhaps that's kind of gotten shuffled to the side because of all the other things going on. But today, I'm going to commit that I'm going to be better at that. I'm going to open up my mind And let his word come in on a regular basis. Or maybe I need to recommit my strength and what I do. Maybe I have been spending all my energy on myself and on the things around me, not realizing that there are those very near to me who need to see God at work. There are needs to be met. There are things to be done. And I want to be the best brother or sister to Christ I can be. Let's truly give today to think. Where do I need to grow up? Where do I need to change? Where do I need to recommit? Have you got something in your heart right now? If you do, hold that out to God as we pray. Father, we know that you hear each one of our thoughts. You know where our minds are right now. And Father, I pray that there are these in this room who have identified something about their lives that need to be better, need to be given to you again. Father, we don't want to just make New Year's resolutions and have them pass along. We want to be your children who love you to the point that we open up our lives and let you change our lives. So, Father, these ideas that we have, these thoughts that we have, these intentions that we have right now, we pray your blessings on those. We pray that you'll fill each one of us with your strength to follow through so that we may truly be good brothers and sisters to your Son who was born here among us. We thank you, Father, for that marvelous gift. We ask that you help us as the year goes by to wrap our minds around that more and more to let it motivate us beyond this season. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. If you would like to have the prayers of those who are here with you, the leaders of this church, they're going to be gathered around the perimeter of this room. This is a wonderful season of the year. It's a wonderful day. As Paul once said, today is the day of salvation that may be speaking to you. Let's stand and sing.